Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Prang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prangmedic.com. Now let's jump into this week's show. Today's conversation is an episode with Shay Bynes. It was recorded for the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur podcast. And now here's Shay. Kingdom Driven Entrepreneurs, welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur podcast. This is your co-host, Shay Bynes. And today we're doing something a little bit different with the podcast. I connected with an author friend of mine. He goes by Praying Medic. Uh, several months ago, we really hit it off. And so we had him on the podcast and we talked about divine healing in the marketplace. It was an excellent, excellent episode. And anyway, I wanted to have him come back and I couldn't determine a topic for us to talk about. In fact, every time I was thinking through what we were going to discuss, I would get this picture of just the two of us having a conversation amongst friends and recording it and then sharing that with the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur family. And so that's exactly what we've done. Uh, basically what you're going to hear is uh, about a little bit over 30 minutes from a 90 minute conversation, a really rich conversation about really uh, drawing near to the Lord, intimacy with the Lord, our relationships, uh, the trust walk as we walk through this life journey and entrepreneurial journey gifts and abilities. I mean, I mean, we cover, we cover probably a good three or four topics, but I believe you will truly be blessed by it. And I just want you to uh, listen in and enjoy. Praying Medic, uh, he has been a paramedic for over 30 years. He was a former atheist. He is a former atheist. He gave his life to the Lord in the year 2000. And he has a number of excellent books, uh, My Craziest Adventures with God, uh, Divine Healing Made Simple, and his latest one is Seeing in the Spirit Made Simple, which I just finished up. So I pray that you are blessed by what's shared in the conversation. I know I certainly was. Let me tell you something. So I was reading Seeing in the Spirit Made Simple, right? And I got stuck just in the first, not stuck in a bad way, but stuck in a good way. Did you get challenged? (laughs) I didn't challenge you, did I? Well, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of two things. Um, The first was, I'm actually pulling it up now because I wanted to, I wanted to pull up this part, make sure I said it right. You were basically talking about how it's it's tempting to think that God is the one who sets the stage for our relationship, but it's actually our personal view of him that dictates the experiences that we have. And if we permit ourselves the liberty of seeing him as a friend, we'll have the kind of experiences that friends have. And if we see him as too busy to be bothered, we'll never feel worthy of being in his presence. And that was so good. It was good. Glad you like it. Yeah, I love it. You know, this whole idea, because I... Because I, I know, I think I spent so many years um, kind of in that place of just, you know, God is God and he, you know, he loves right. me, but it's just like God's God and he loves me. And but He's too busy to actually right. hang out with me. <laughs> you know, it's like. He's got to run the universe. Right. He has a lot of things to do. You know, he's got, he's yeah. got so many things to do, you know. I. Yeah. I that didn't change for me until, I mean, gosh, and I grew up in the church, you know, I, you know, I gave my life to the Lord, you know, when I was eight, 
right? But it wasn't until just a few years ago when it was like, I just know there's more. I know there's more. Lord, there's more. I want to know more. And that's when everything changed for me. But I was in my 30s. That's, you know, and obviously for me being an atheist, that was a radical place that I had, had come to. I see our relationship with God. If you go through the scriptures, especially if you look at the parables, there is so much richness in the parables that Jesus told, and people tend to kind of overlook them. But the parables speak great depths of wisdom to those who are looking for greater revelation about the nature of God. If you look through the parables, you'll see Jesus illustrating our relationships with the Father in a number of different ways. So there's the parable of the prodigal and the father. So some people have that relationship for a season. And then you see him talking about parables of servants who serve a master. Mm -hmm. And then there are uh, parables about the bride. So there's their marriage relationship of the bride and the husband. And there's all these different parables that describe the relationships we can have. Most people start out with a relationship with God that is something like the servant. And they will couch it in those terms, you know, I'm just serving God. And they literally see themselves as a person who's hired on to work for for God. Hopefully, I think the goal of of our experiences with God is to push us into a deeper relationship. You know, when Jesus told the disciples, you've called me master, but now... I call you friend because a servant does not know his master's business, but I have revealed to you all things. And Jesus was always drawing people into a closer, deeper, more intimate relationship. They saw him as a teacher. They saw him as a master. But he said, look, I'm opening the door. I want you to be my friend. I'm going to reveal to you the mysteries of my father's kingdom. I'm going to reveal to you great things that you can't even imagine. For me, it's so exciting to see people stepping into that intimacy, that friendship with God, and seeing themselves as a more significant part of God's plan and His kingdom. It's just great to experience it myself and then to share it with others and see people walking in it. Yeah. It was, um, for me, it was like, it was in 2012, in September 2012, and I was at this conference. I was at a women's conference, and... um, we were in Orlando, and it was a great, you know, it was a great few days and everything. It was the last day of the conference, or last evening of the conference, and there's uh, one of the pastors there was uh, talking about, um, she said that she was going to pray for us that we would, that he would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, you know. And so she asked everyone to close their eyes, and and she prayed over us. And she asked, she says, if you're hearing if you've heard something from the Lord, you know, stand up. And I mean, presumably people were standing up. And she said, if people, if you have seen something, you know, from the Lord, stand up. So folks are standing up. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. And I was like mad. You know, I was like indignant about it. Like, wait, you know, <laughs> Lord, what, you know, I, what am I, I chopped want, liver like, over what here? about, right. What about me? You know, what about me? I want to, you know, I want to see, I want to, you know, I want to hear from you. Cause I was like with him, there's always more, you know? And I'm like, I know there's more. And so after this whole prayer and everyone did their whole standing up and everything. And I was still feeling a little indignant about the whole thing. 
and she was giving her closing words. The pastor was giving the closing words. And in the middle of her giving her words, I have absolutely no idea what she was talking about at the time. I fell to the floor just out of nowhere. Nobody touched me. <laughs> I fell to the floor and I fell on my girlfriend who was next to me, her high heeled shoe. My nose was like right on her shoe. Wow. And I was trying to get up because I was like, why am I on the floor? You know, and I'm trying to get up on the floor and I could not move. I tried. I tried desperately to move and I could not move a bit of my body. And I was like, Lord, get me up, get me up. Why am I on this floor? And I'm starting to think, oh my gosh, they're going to call 911. They're going to think something's wrong with me. You know, the, the session's ending. I'm blocking the aisle. <laughs> you know, this is not a good look, right? And I, no matter how much I moved, I, I just couldn't move. And so finally I was like, okay, Lord, clearly now I'm like, okay, I'm getting it now. Like clearly you're trying to get my attention about something. So, <laughs> I you think know, so. what's up? You know, what's up? I'm here. I'm listening. What's up? And he gave me this. And I never had a vision before first time I ever had a vision and it was the first of many after that but he had shown me a vision of me on a playground as a kid um, playing that trust fall game you know where you mm-hmm. someone gets behind you and you're supposed to fall back and trust right. me to catch you and he was showing me that I would go backwards I'd go backwards but at the last minute I put my arm back and I'd <laughs> brace myself for the fall and right. he says that's what you do to me and I was yeah. like ouch you know but he didn't say it wasn't condemning it was just what you do to me and I was like oh uh," you know and he says do you do you know why you do that and I'm like no why do I do that and he says because you have absolutely no idea how much I love you and that was like and that was it and then I was able to move right and so it was like Wow. You know, and so from that, that was like such, that was like my turning point point in life, honestly. And then over the next two weeks, like the next morning and the next two weeks, he just showed me just the most amazing things and really just showed me like, I just give me evidence after evidence. This is how much I love you. You just have no idea. I love you this much. I love you this much. It was wild and it completely changed my life forever. Oh, I can imagine it would. Yeah. yeah. I, I lived in a season of my life for about seven years where I gathered a lot of head knowledge yes. about God. You know, we all know, um, you know, John three sixteen, and we all know <laughs> yeah, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the yes. Bible tells me so. And we we gather all this knowledge in our mind about God, but a lot of that knowledge it just kind of stays up in our in our brain, yeah. and it never moves down into our heart, and it never becomes something that we we live out, and it never becomes the operating system for our life that it's supposed to be, and. A lot of that has to do with trust, I think. It's very difficult if you have been raised in a family, in a culture where you're basically told it's all about what you make for yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, making the best of your opportunities and if it's gonna be, do, it's up to me. doing well in school and it's all about, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if it's going to be, it's up to me. I think a lot of people have that viewpoint uh, so ingrained into the fiber of who they are that even when they become Christians... And even when they go to Bible college and even when they um, you know, study and go to prayer services and worship services, they gather more information about God. But there's something that blocks it from getting down into their heart and becoming a reality that they live from. And I see so many people who really doubt that God really, truly, sincerely does love them and is for them. They might even say, you know... God, I know God loves me. I'm just not sure he likes me, wow. you know, or I'm not sure that he wants me to be healed or I don't, 
really think he wants me to have a, a good job. They can express these theological ideas that you learn in the Bible. But then the, everything they say after that shows that they've got some trust issues. They've got some wrong ideas about his character or his plan. One of my goals is to share some of the observations that I've seen and I've lived out in my own life where he has really pushed me to trust him yeah. in greater ways yeah. and to receive his love in bigger ways and things like, like you talked about. Yeah, yeah. There was something that you shared um, right in the beginning of the book that almost – Was it my me, wife's dream? Yes, and, it, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I was near tears um, when I read that. And, <laughs> and for the benefit of those who haven't read the book um, – You can read it if you want. Okay, can I read that? Okay, good. Yeah. And then I'm going to tell you why that almost made me cry. It was so good. All right. I think it would probably make a lot of people cry. It made me cry when I think about it. (laughs) I get all too behind. Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. My wife had been struggling with the burden of deciding what steps to take in her career. She is trained as a painter, and her heart's desire is to paint the pictures that flow from her imagination. But the stereotype she learned in art school about starving artists always prevented her from believing she could make a living as a painter. So for the last 15 years, she's worked as a graphic designer because it pays the bills. The work doesn't inspire her, and it often leaves her with neck pain and a headache at the end of the day. But she's been afraid of making the changes that would allow her to become a full-time painter. The real struggle is that she wasn't certain that God wanted her She wasn't certain what God wanted her to do. She felt if she made the wrong choice, she might disappoint God, never sell any paintings, and leave us in a difficult place financially. One night, she had a dream where Jesus paid her a visit. In the dream, he came to her rather excitedly and handed her a piece of paper. The paper was blank except for the letterhead at the top that appeared in a beautiful pink font, which read, Super Praying Medic's Wife. (laughs) I love this. After handing her the blank piece of paper, he looks excitedly into her eyes and asks, What are you going to be? (laughs) This dream profoundly changed the way in which my wife saw her relationship with Jesus. Rather than thinking she had to somehow know what he wanted her to do and suffer the consequences if she was wrong, she realized that he was actually her biggest fan, and regardless of which choice she made, he supported her decision and was excited to see how it would turn out. Now, that is not theology they teach you in church on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) It It was so... I mean, that, just that dream, just that story is so rich. And, you know, it had me thinking about uh, a couple things. Uh, one is in Psalm 37, 37.5. And I was looking at it in the um, Amplified, actually right before I hopped on with you. Because I just been kind of, I was just, whenever I find something that like speaks, I want to read it in every translation, you know. Right. And, and 37, no, 37.4, you know, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart, right? There's more context around that. But it's so funny, this whole thing um, about delighting ourselves in him, him giving us the desires and the secret petitions, like that was just so good, and the secret petitions of our heart. And that's what that dream, that's the, the dream with your wife reminded me so much of that, that scripture. And just two weeks ago, just two weeks ago, I got a phone call from a friend. 
she, the Lord had given her something to share it with me, you know, and so she she called me. And in fact, she talked for 40 minutes straight, barely breathing. It was like a machine gun. You know, she just kept going with the Lord had for her to share with me. And one of the things she said to me, which is why this story messed me up so much, was she said, you know, Shay, uh, the Lord wants you to know there's been some things you've been praying about. You've been praying about making the right decision, praying about making the right decision regarding these things. And he wants you to know that you can't. Miss him. You can't make a wrong decision. You can't decision. make a wrong decision. If you choose yeah. A, B's still coming around. <clears throat> if you choose B, A's coming around the corner too. His hand is all over it. You have the you have his heart, and he is all over it. And it doesn't matter what you choose. You will not miss him. It is impossible to miss. And I have stuck. This was two weeks ago, and I have thought about that every single day multiple times <laughs> since she said it. And that's why your story just really hit home. Well, I have a similar story mm. that a friend shared with me uh, about some recent issues that I've been dealing with. Mm -hmm. So I started a, a new job back in February and it's a new company, new startup. There's a lot of opportunities for growth and there's opportunities for promotion in this company. We started out with a very small group of people, but the first people in the door it was made very clear that they would have opportunities to do training and to do supervision and you know marketing and whatever they wanted to do. So at that time, the Lord was giving me a lot of different dreams about things like marketing and training and supervision. And night after night, I'm having these dreams. And then we were getting ready to publish the book, Seeing in the Spirit. And I was feeling a lot of juice on writing more books and publishing because that's really my passion. Yeah. I was getting excited to work for this new company because the company I had been working for the for the previous three and a half years was a very, very difficult place to work at. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go into the details. It was just hard to work there. Yeah. And so I was rejoicing when God gave me a new opportunity to work for a new employer. Um, it was It's just been a great opportunity. But the thing is, right in this time of my life, I'm having so many opportunities mm -hmm. and I can't choose all of them. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about actually retiring from medicine wow. and just writing books. Wow. But it's a big step because walking away from my steady paycheck yes. and my career to take a chance on writing books is a big step. It's a big leap of faith. So, you know, the Lord's giving me all these dreams and I'm like, oh, just stop already. I have so <laughs> many choices. I don't know what to choose. <laughs> so... This uh, friend of mine, Andrea Walker, she lives in the UK. Yeah. She sends me a private message and she says, hey, uh, PM, I had a, a dream about you and I wanted to share it with you. So she explains the dream. She says, I could see you standing in this hallway and there were doors on the left hand side of the hallway and there were doors on the right hand side. And there are all these different doors. And I had a very strong sense that you were waiting for God to show you which door you were supposed to walk through wow. <laughs> and the lord was sitting there waiting and he said i'm not going to tell you which one to open it's your choice and i was and she said in the dream you were getting angry because he wasn't going to show you which door and you know you were having this discussion <laughs> and he said no i'm not going to show you it's your choice and i'm like but lord you need to choose for me said, <laughs> i want to do your choice. will lord <laughs> i want to do your will yes and so um she said finally this light came on behind me and the light cast a shadow and the shadow pointed to one of the doors 
And she said, I walked over to the door and opened it. And the Lord said, you knew which was the right door all along. You just didn't want to, to miss it. Yeah. So like you, I've been thinking about that dream for, for a long time, ever since uh, she, she gave it to me. Because what the Lord told me about this whole situation is he said, once you have walked with me long enough and you know my heart yes, and you know my plans and you understand what your destiny is and you kind of understand your gifting and your calling and you you are connected to the people that you're supposed to be in relationship with and yes. you're you're in alignment with your assignment and yes. you're kind of doing those things what he said is you get to this point where uh, when you're a new believer there's a lot of doors you could go through that are not good for you right there's opportunities that are probably not advantageous to you the longer you walk with God the more you travel into the center of his will yes. for your life Yes. At that point, you become surrounded with opportunities, none of which are bad opportunities. They're all good opportunities. Yes. It's just an issue of you choosing what you want to do. That's it. And that is powerful. It, it really, if you go back, just to, just plain old Matthew 6.33, right? Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. It's like, so it's like you're as we're growing in relationship with him. And like I said, I felt like a ba- I felt like a baby in Christ. At, I mean, I had a lot of head knowledge, a lot. I go to a word church. I mean, it's a spirit-filled church, and it's also a word church. It's all of that. But I just, my experience was just kind of just observing and just soaking it all in, you know? And so until that shift happened for me, it's like, even though that was only a few years ago, the fact that there was a lot of solid foundation and just a few lights that were just turned on in my heart have just completely, like the last three years, it's like he restored time. Like he, it's like, it just accelerated things, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, there is a great acceleration yeah, going on. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. People are learning more in a year than they've learned in the previous 10 years. Right. Yes. It's amazing. And think about you. You were an atheist. I was. <laughs> <laughs> you were I sure an atheist. Wait, how many years ago was that now? Wait, wait. Well, yeah, that was in 2000. 2000. 15 yeah. years ago, you were an atheist. I think the thing is, you can read books and you can r- gain head knowledge, but you limit yourself to a pace of learning that is rather slow. But when you step into the kingdom and you step into the spiritual realm, you know, here's something that, that people can maybe think about. When you step into the spiritual world and you um, have like a vision or you have a dream, you can receive the revelation and experiences of a thousand years of history in an instant in the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. I think the acceleration that people are experiencing is they're actually apprehending the truths of the kingdom instead of the knowledge of religion yeah can we talk about one more thing before we go absolutely um i want to talk about gifts versus abilities oh you you know there's this whole thing about you know inviting and, and you know Every book that you have is an invitation, right? An invitation to experiencing life with God and partnership with God. And part of that experience has got to be getting away from a certain kind of mindset we have about this whole thing around gifts and abilities. So let's talk about it. 
And I've been running into this more and more over the last week, oddly enough. I've been having people sending me messages saying, you know, I had this really nice guy and he sent me a message and he said, hey, would it be possible for you to lay hands on me so that I could receive an impartation or, you know, a gift of healing from you? And I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So he read my book on healing. And I was thinking to myself, okay, so you read the book. What part of you have the Holy Spirit in you, you don't need anything else? What part of that don't you understand? Right. I mean, he was was just very sincere. And I actually sent him a voice message. I'm on a social network, MeWe, Uh that allows you to send record voice messages and send them back and forth. Okay. I was talking to this guy and I said, look, you really don't need an impartation from anybody. You don't need to receive the gift of healing. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Jesus has given you all the authority you're ever going to need to heal. The Holy Spirit is a power within you that gives you all the power you're ever going to need to heal anything from Lou Gehrig's disease to a migraine headache. There isn't anything that I'm going to give you that you don't already have. Now, I do believe, because the Bible says, uh, Paul said, I, I pray that I'll be able to come to you and impart some spiritual gift by the laying on of hands. I do believe in impartation through laying on of hands that you can impart spiritual gifts. So I'm not questioning that. But the issue of healing, healing operates in two ways. There is the power of the Holy Spirit resident in us yes. and the authority that Jesus has given us that is effectual for the work of healing that requires nothing else. The power of the Holy Spirit and the authority Jesus gave the disciples is for the general work of healing and deliverance. And that doesn't function like a gift. It's just you have it. Let your faith grow. Go lay hands on people. In the charismatic church, we've kind of created some uh, sacred cows that... (laughs) don't really serve our purposes all that well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are running around, well, I need someone to lay hands on me. Oh, yeah, I need an impartation. I need a, you know, whatever from some anointed leader. And I really think that there's less truth to that than we believe. Mm-hmm. And I think we would do well to ha- have an understanding that God has given us most of what we need to go and do the works of ministry without getting impartations, without running after people and please pray over me and give me this gift. Well, you know, I can't, I can pray over people. I can lay hands on them, but I have no control over what they're going to receive from me. Yeah. I don't have the ability to say, I'm going to give you the, the gift of the word of knowledge or something like that. I can't, right. I don't believe that I can do that. And I'll tell you what I think is behind all of this. When I went to Australia to teach on healing and deliverance. Um, we went to this meeting and uh, I gave a short message and we were praying over people and people were getting healed and stuff. And this young man comes to me and he says, Hey, hey mate, can you, uh... <laughs> I was in Australia, so I can say that. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he asked me if I could lay hands on him to impart a gift of healing on him. And I was talking to my buddy, uh, Peter Coco. He looks at me and he goes, you want to tell him or should I? And I said, you can tell him. He goes, okay. So he says, look. He said, you already have all that you need. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the authority. What you're really asking this guy to do is to give you a shortcut that will accelerate 
the process of you being able to heal people. And he said, there are no shortcuts. <laughs> you are going to have to develop your own history with God. Yeah. And you, he cannot impart to you his history with God. That's good. See, that's the thing is I have gone through the process of praying over hundreds of people, mm-hmm. thousands now, and some get healed and some don't. But I'm in the process. I'm learning the ways of God. I'm learning to hear his voice. I'm learning to see the things he wants to show me and trying to cooperate with him in doing it. I have to learn obedience and I have to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and I have to learn how to follow him. And everyone has to do it on their own. There is no shortcut. There is yeah. no, hey, just lay hands on me and then I'll see 90% of the people healed. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. It does not work that way. You are going to have to start at square one like everyone else. You're going to have to go out there and lay hands on some people who are not going to get healed. Yeah. And you're going to have to come back and go, <laughs> okay, Jesus, <laughs> obviously I have some more things I need to learn. What do, I'm ready for the next lesson. Teach me. We each have to go to God and we each have to submit ourselves to the teacher and the schoolmaster to say, okay, teach me, show me. I'm ready. I'm willing. We didn't do so good last time, but we're going to do better next time. I'm just going to go out there, but you need to show me what, what, what I'm missing, what I'm not seeing. My perspective on the gifts is that the gifts are cool, but a lot of people are running around, you know, chasing after gifting and anointings and stuff like that. And I don't know, I think we're kind of missing it. I think we'd be much better off if we would just simply go to Jesus and say, okay, this is what I want to do. This is my passion. This is what really gets me excited. And I want you to teach me about this stuff, how to do it, how it works. Help me correct my mistakes and my misunderstandings of your ways and stuff. If you just do that, you will be blown away at what he'll show you and what he'll do with you. It's another invitation. It is always an, it's all about the invitation. There's an invitation with your name on it. Show up at the door with the invitation, hand it to him and say, I am in. I want this. It's so funny. You know, you, the, the altar call is often called the invitation, you know, at church. You know, it's the invitation, you know, to give your yep. life to the Lord. And it's just like the first of so many invitations, you know. Yes, because like, he's always inviting you to more. Always. Sometimes. Hey, I got a little secret party backstage on yes. Friday night. Here's the invitation. Just show up with the, with, with the invitation and hand it and you're in. It's so good There's, because he's our yeah. friend. Because so he's saying, yeah. ah, it's so good. <laughs> that whole thing around intimacy with him, it just cha- it changes absolutely everything. And you know, and we didn't talk about this, but you, we kind of talked about this. The fact of the matter is, is that when we talk about intimacy and fellowship and friendship, those things take time. There's an investment. There's an investment of time. It doesn't mean I'm not talking about well, you know, I got to lay out on the floor for five hours a day. But there is an investment of time to spend time together right i think you talked yep. about this a little bit in one of the books i don't know which one it was maybe all of them all of my books probably all of them <laughs> time is the commodity of relationships time is the commodity of relationships that's good that's a tweet and you can't have relationships if you're not willing to spend time with that person yes yes and so it's like and it could be five minutes, ten minutes. You know, it's just part of your day. It's part of your life. As children, what do your kids want from you? Spend time with me. Get off the computer. Don't go work overtime. I want your time. I want to spend time with you. Yes. Kids understand that. Yes. 
know, my wife, she's like, honey, I need more of your time. You're yeah. spending too much time doing this other stuff. I want yeah. your time. We, we all understand relationally that time is what it's all about. It's all yes. about spending time. And like I wrote in the book on seeing in the spirit, if you want to see in the spirit, you have to spend time with the Lord yes. as he is working with you and showing you things. And there's, you know, like you said, you don't have to, it doesn't mean five hours of laying on the floor. Right. Although if you have if the you time to do that, go for you it. Will... Right. <laughs> It'll be amazing. I'm sure. It'll be five hours well spent. Yes. Have five hours. Yes. 15 minutes is, is time that you, is invested in your relationship with him. Yes. And it's good. It's so good. And so I guess the uh, last thing here is this whole idea of just, I've, I've kind of changed. So I'm used to kind of when I'm working, just kind of taking a step back and just, you know, usually it's for worship, right? And what your book has challenged me to do, which I'm beginning to do now, is to to also just take time to just say, Lord, what do you want to show me? Yeah. What do you want to say to me now? Coming to God without an agenda yeah. <laughs> can be really powerful. Yes. You know, what yeah. is it? Because you know, we all have a laundry list of things that we want God to teach and show us about yes. and do. But he really likes it when we show up without a laundry list and just says, I want to hang out with you. What are we going to do today? Yeah. You know, and so that's that's so that's a new that's a new level for me. Um, I'm excited about it. And um uh, and I can't wait to see what he wants to you show me and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be blown away. Because you know, the thing is, we all have our own needs, and we all have our own things we want to accomplish and things we want to do, people we want healed, yada, yada, yada. Yes. I want a new Mercedes. I want this. Teach me how to whatever. But he has an agenda. He has a list of things that he wants to impart to us. Yes. And... A lot of that stuff is the stuff that's on our scroll of destiny in heaven. Yes. That is actually like it's all of the stuff that he wants to impart to us to bring out the fullness of who we we're created to be. If we will let him do that, he will show us and reveal to us the really, really important things of life yeah. that we're not even aware of. Yes. It's so good. Because even we'll, we'll pray and we'll, you know, I, I know I'll often pray and just, and I'll ask him for wisdom. But even when I'm asking him for wisdom, I'm thinking specifically about wisdom in certain areas, right? Right. And he will give that. He says you ask it, he'll give it to you. But it's still a whole other level to just say, just Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to talk about? What do you mean? With absolutely, I thought that I didn't have an agenda, but most of the times there's an agenda. Even if it's a even if it's a kingdom focused agenda, it's still my it's still an agenda. agenda. So it's another level and I'm excited. This is good stuff. Thanks, man. It is. <laughs> it's good stuff. Well, Firestarters, that concludes this week's episode of the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. I encourage you to get connected with Praying Medic over on his website at prayingmedic.com. And please share share the podcast with your friends. If you're blessed by you know what we share in these episodes every week, I just encourage you to uh, share the love and share these messages with your, your friends and colleagues. All right, everyone. Take care. God bless. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. 
If you have any questions or comments about this show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.